Hello and welcome to the podcast. This is Coffee and Books. We have a lot to talk about today. I hope all of you are doing well. Uh, So for those of you who are new here, my name is Scott and I like to talk about everything under the sun, especially history, which leads us to today's important topic and book. It's called uh, Rome versus Jerusalem, uh, The Ancient Clash of Civilizations by Martin Goodman. It's a book that was published in about 2008. It is 557 pages long. I definitely enjoyed it. My review is five stars, and here's why. This book contains a multitude of information, which I can't possibly begin to cover today, but I'm going to do my best, so bear with me. This covers the history of Rome and the relationship to Jerusalem, two ancient cities that came into conflict with one another, most notably when Rome destroyed the city of Jerusalem in circa uh, 70 A.D., uh, so, what does that mean? Why? How did Jerusalem recover? And most importantly, what was the relationship of Rome and Jerusalem in the first place? There's a lot of questions there, so we're going to try to answer it. Uh, this book also covers the history of Christianity, early history, primarily how Christianity uh, sort of divorced itself from Judaism. Instead of being a sect of Judaism, how Christianity flourished and eventually became the might of the Roman Empire. Um, basically culminating in the Byzantinian Empire, or better known as the Eastern Roman Empire, uh, which eventually became uh, its own sort of client kingdom that decided to bring and build a new sort of Jerusalem and a new sort of Rome, which is what we're going to get into. So there's a lot to unpack there, so let's start at the beginning. The beginning is basically Rome and Jerusalem had always had sort of primarily... minor contact with one another. That's the best way to describe it. What we know from sources is that there was a small minority of Jews that were living in ancient Rome um, as far back as 100, uh, eight, or sorry, 100 BCE. We know that this community lived in Rome and thought of themselves as Roman citizens, although they did not worship the same gods that the Romans did. Um, at this point in history, paganism was the primarily holidays and religious aspects of different parts of the world. Uh, Anything from ancient Greece that had uh, ancient Greek gods versus Rome, which was different names for those Greek gods, but in Roman, also existed. So we're going to go into basically Caesar as the first sort of starting point for the relationship between Jewish people and the Roman Empire. As the Roman Empire expanded, eventually the area of Jerusalem uh, and basically Judea came under a province leadership of the Roman Empire. This was not necessarily by choice, but by Rome expanding its borders. Uh, so Rome had a very, very long history of, in its might and peak of its empire, uh, controlled much of the quote-unquote modern world, but basically everything from, in the ancient world, including uh, huge sections of Africa, most of Europe, and even into parts of Asia, were under complete control of Uh, the Roman Empire, and in particular, one person, Caesar. Uh, The reason why this is important is because Caesar's relationship with Jews uh, is in dispute, primarily because Caesar was married to Cleopatra, Cleopatra being very familiar with the Jewish population because her, many of her subjects were Jewish. Uh, Cleopatra, being of the last of the ancient Egyptian dynasties, married Caesar and had children with him. Although, unfortunately, this would not last. This was the first beginning empire's look into other peoples and civilizations. Rome was used to 
expanding its borders. And when it expanded borders, inevitably it allowed whatever empire sort of existed there or whatever religious community to sort of stay put as long as they still paid taxes and tribute to Rome. So no matter what happened, as long as you paid your taxes and said that, you know, you believe that the emperor is the ruler or rightful ruler of your people, you'd be left alone. The problem is, is that the ancient uh, Jewish people who existed at this time completely resisted any sort of rule imposed by Rome. This is probably because they did not believe in uh, worshipping foreign gods and idols, which is a very, very pronounced particular aspect of Judaism. A distinctive uh, part of it was that it was also very politically motivated. The Jewish people in Jerusalem were um, beholden only to what they thought of as their God and not the gods of other people. So therefore, the taxes and the worshipping that had to be done in order to approve for other Roman emperors was basically neglected. Um, which wouldn't be such a big deal except that it was Rome who was supposed to be paid tribute. And that meant that Rome could not resist uh, any sort of province was revolting. Uh, most, primarily, the most famous aspect of Rome and Jerusalem is the Roman-Jewish War, which existed from 66 AD to 70 AD, culminating again in the destruction of Jerusalem and also Masada, a very famous battle that occurred between a small segment of the Jewish population and almost ended with the destruction of the Roman Empire. And you might say, well, how in the world did that happen? I've never heard anything about this. Well, this book does not cover Masada in detail. For that sort of uh, aspect, you're going to need to read books specifically on the history of Masada. But what's important to note is in the times of Jesus and in the times of ancient Judea, there were many different aspects of Jewish culture that had different religions. Some of these were the Dead Sea Scrolls secretarians who basically were responsible for writing the Dead Sea Scrolls, which we know of today. Um, we also know of different aspects like the Pharisees, um, the Sadducees. All these different groups existed within the Roman Empire and all were in conflict with one another in order to basically have control of uh, Jerusalem. And in the times of uh, 66 to 70 AD, Basically, edicts were pushed by Rome against Jerusalem and punishing people who were not supporting the Roman Empire. These citizens that lived in the Roman Empire but were not Roman, basically at this time the Jewish population we're talking about, in question revolted. When Rome noticed this, they could not stand for it and decided to put this revolt down. This is why that they sent a very famous emperor, or a future emperor at this time, General Titus, to crush the rebellion. Also, at the same time, what's going on is you have the Emperor Nero, the last of the Caesars, as he is by blood related to Caesar going all the way back. Uh, Nero is most famously known for watching Rome burn. Uh, it is a very big deal, of course, that Rome burned and he needed a scapegoat. He blamed Christians. Uh, the reason why this is important is because Jewish people were considered Christians at the time. Um, or considered uh, by under Roman law atheists as they did not worship the same gods. As a result of this, many Christians, as well as Jews, were blamed unfairly for the destruction of Rome. Um, eventually, Nero became less and less popular. He was eventually overthrown by Titus's father, Vespasian. Vespasian knew he needed to legitimize his rule. In order to do this, Vespasian needed Titus, as well as his other son, uh, you know, um, I believe his other son was Dominican, or Dominican. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, so apologies. Uh, they needed to have a legitimate dynasty in order to rule over the Roman Empire. 
In order to do this, uh, the only way to officially have the military back you was to have success conquering a foreign province. Even though Rome and Judea were in the same area, vicinity, even though Judea was part of the Roman provinces already, they needed to showcase that the Jewish people were foreign, and therefore a foreign enemy that needed to be conquered. This is the reason why Titus eventually destroyed Jerusalem, although it is considered now by accident, at the time he needed to besiege the city in order to have a foreign victory. The initial plan from sources that we have is that Titus was not planning on destroying the uh, most famous monument in uh, Jerusalem, which was the Great Temple, um, or now known as the Wailing Wall, is because all that is left of it is a small segment piece of wall that is still standing. Um, this is considered by many people the, one of the holiest sites in the world. Uh, the person or future emperor Titus is the one who is responsible for its destruction. Um, of course, many people would argue later that this was divine retribution after, of course, in the times of Jesus. This was basically a small piece of history that we have left to us. And what we know about it is that from what we can gather on the size of this temple, it was huge, and it offered many different aspects of Jerusalem's daily life. Um, so why was it never rebuilt? The primary reason is that the Roman Empire held on to its politics and political views of Jews after the destruction of uh, the temple. Uh, many Jews were seen as second-class citizens, of course, during this time. But the reason why the Romans were considered the primarily enemy of Jewish people is because they would never let the Jewish people rebuild as punishment for revolting against the Roman Empire. Jewish people were scattered, uh, it is now known as to the spora, to the wind, and they went to different places. Um, of course, the Jewish people evolved and changed their Jewish religion in order so that they could continue to thrive, um, even in times of extreme anxiety. But at the end of the day, Jerusalem was basically burned to the ground, renamed, and had a new sort of capital uh, for the Roman Empire in the providence of Judea. Um, what would eventually happen is that the Roman attitudes would change towards the Jewish people. Uh, this has happened when usually one emperor replaced another emperor. And when that happened, Jewish people, again, always sought for the restructuring of their temple. Um, they always said that if we continue to persuade the emperors to listen to us, that it is possible to one day in someone's lifetime to be able to rebuild that temple. But again, the political attitudes of the Roman emperors varied greatly, and eventually it culminated in the Roman Empire taking Christianity as its foothold in the 300s. Um, after this case, when the Roman Empire declared Christianity as the national religion, it was by now impossible for the Jewish people to rebuild this great temple. The reason being is that even though Christianity was considered related to Judaism at first, eventually it started to diverge. And as that happened, eventually, the Roman Empire would grow a change and become, of course, the Byzantinian Empire, which I mentioned. Um, again, the great Roman Emperor Constantine is the one who instituted all this. He decided he would need to found a new Jerusalem, which is what became the capital of modern-day Turkey, Istanbul, but otherwise known then as Constantinople. Okay, so that basically is what happened in a nutshell, but now let's talk about the opinions of everything that happened. What do we know about everything over there still? Well, we're still learning. I hate to say this, but many of the texts of ancient literature have been lost to time. About 99% of all ancient literature is lost. 
we only have a few records of what happened there, primarily by survivors. Uh, some people ended up converting to the Roman side, authors such as Josephus, uh, who became basically a chronicler of the times and wrote in their lifetime what happened during these great revolts. Uh, most importantly, we could tell from ancient coins in the area what happened, as this is also our best example of Rome's influence over Jerusalem. So how did Rome eventually change Jerusalem back to Jerusalem? Well, we don't quite know when that conversion happened, but eventually Jerusalem was renamed. Uh, Jewish independence did not exist until 1948, so from basically 70 AD to 1948, the Palestine, or a.k.a. Jerusalem, at this time, was ruled by foreign empires until 1948 when the Declaration of Israel as its independent nation existed. Uh, so, again, I mentioned Masada as being its own little side factor here, but after the destruction of the Jerusalem, there were a few different groups that were still in revolt against Rome. Masada being very famous as one of the most intense battles between the Romans and the Jewish people. Uh, Masada, if you don't know, is a uh, Herod's, uh, one of the leaders of the sort of kings of the Jewish people at the time, had a palace that was built on top of a mountain. This was converted into a fortress that the Romans had to attack in order to defeat it. They could not let a foreign enemy uh, stand in revolt against them. The Romans sent in the 10th legion uh, in order to attack uh, this little fortress, but this little fortress held out for many years. Um, it's famous because uh, at the time it was seen as a great revolt and it, and it basically ended in the destruction of these few Jewish survivors, about 600 of them from what we know, um, who basically ended up destroying themselves or committing a mass suicide. But what we know is that the Rome committed many great atrocities in their time, but they could not officially end this empire. Uh, or rather this revolt on its own. Rather, what happened was that these Jewish people, with their stubbornness at the time, basically managed to starve out the entire legion. If they had held on a little bit longer, it's possible the great resources that were backing the Roman Empire could have financially collapsed. And it was a wonder what could have happened to history if that had happened. But Titus, who was leading again the attack from this legion, managed to overcome the challenges and managed to overcome and overwhelm that fortress. Uh, but again, that part of the story is sort of left out on purpose, and I recommend if you go check that out, you will definitely find and learn a thing or two about the Roman Empire as well. Anyway, so what's the eventual end of our story is that both these civilizations had different philosophical beliefs and religious ideas. They both came into conflict with one another because they became under the same rule, and eventually, at the end of the day, what we're left with is small pieces of history that have been scattered to the wind, but hopefully one day we'll be able to put that back together. Thank you for listening to my podcast. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Uh, please feel free to email me at scott, S-C-O-T-T, Bernstein, B-E-R-N-S-T-E-I-N, 16 at yahoo.com if you have any questions. Thank you again for listening.